Welcome to High Impact Influence, the podcast. You can find the website at growgreat.com. My name is Randy Cantrell. Greetings and welcome inside the Yellow Studio, coming to you from Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. Today is Tuesday, December the 7th. Let's talk about the power of scenario questions. What if, what if it was the foundational question behind spreadsheet analysis back when Lotus, yeah, you remember that Lotus and other tools, well, they were around before Microsoft brought us the de facto standard today, Excel. I mean, the name Excel is a dead giveaway of the power of asking and answering what if questions, because it's what we all hope to accomplish. We want to Excel. I hope everything's good with you. I appreciate you clicking play. Um, you know, many years ago, I was heavily involved in what was then a burgeoning new sport, roller hockey. Been a hockey fan for a long time, even though I basically grew up mostly in the South. For a few years, I served as a volunteer appointee for USA Hockey's inline section. It was called USA Hockey Inline. And I was also appointed to be on the rules committee for a period of time. And this involved training officials for this popular sport at the time. Now, this was my first organized experience with what I'm calling situational training, scenario training. Ice hockey officials, I learned, were trained and are trained with many, many hours by examining situations, scenarios. Uh, I was given all these training manuals and they, they were filled with a variety of situations from simple to very, very complex. And trainees would be asked to make a determination based on the scenario that's presented team. A, this is what happens. Team B, this is what happens. Here's how much time is on the clock. Here's where the puck is when the whistle was blown and the play was stopped. Now, what are you going to do? What's your decision? It was a highly effective way to learn the rules and a very, very effective way for every official to be accountable for their own level of expertise. It, it really helped the individual official. It helped the game. Everybody benefited from this scenario training. And the moment I saw it, and this is back well over 20 years ago, the moment I saw that training, I knew that it was something that I could incorporate into my own management and leadership. And I even incorporated it into hiring. It's why I've kind of subtitled today's show, the power of scenario questions for hiring management and leadership. And it's something that you may want to consider for your own life. Many, many, many years ago, I learned that worst case scenario and that was probably my first real heavy use of that word scenario. That when we think about worst case scenarios, it dawned on me as a young man, mostly we don't answer the question. We ask it, but we don't take the courage. We don't take the time to answer it. What is the worst thing that could happen? Well, what if scenario isn't playing out 
worst case scenarios. It could, but it's much broader. It includes all kinds of situations and scenarios. In hockey, an official would be presented, as I said, in one of these training manuals with a specific situation. Sometimes you go out onto the ice or onto a rink in the case of inline hockey, and these are demonstrated and time is put on a clock. And I mean, it's, it's a very real scenario. Here's how much time is on the clock. Here's where the puck was when the whistle was blown. Here's where the infraction occurred. Here's the players who were involved and perhaps other players who were involved. And it forces us to think about what decision are you going to make? Given this situation, what's the decision? Well, instantly I thought of the application for hiring people. I don't know about you, but when I began my career, it was one of the toughest things. In fact, it continued to be one of the toughest things. And in today's world, as I hit the record button, here we are, we're closing out the year 2021 and everybody in every industry is battling finding people. You know, we used to say, well, we we're, we're kind of struggling to find great people. Well, today people are just struggling to find people. I don't profess to understand everything that's going on. I I've read so much about this great resignation. It just makes my head spin. I don't fully understand it all. This much I do know if we are going to have a great team, we need great individual people. And in order to get great individual people, we must have a culture. We must have an organization that is living and breathing and really takes care of people. True confession. I'm an OU Sooner fan. I did not attend OU, but I was born in Oklahoma, just a lifelong Sooner fan. Family was a Sooner fan. My family, we're all Sooner fans. It's just kind of in our DNA. Well, just yesterday up in Norman, Oklahoma, Brent Venables was introduced as the new head coach for the OU Sooner football team. Used to be the defensive coordinator at OU, then went on, became the defensive coordinator in Clem at Clemson for the last 10 years, has had wild success, uh, everywhere he's been. In fact, they said yesterday, and I didn't know this 29 years, this man has coached and he has coached in 29 bowl games and he has never coached a losing season. I think they said his worst year was the last year he was at OU, which was, I think 99 and it was a seven and five season. So the guy's got skins on the wall, but it was interesting listening to him talk. And as he talked about the culture that he hopes to bring to OU, I was struck by one word that he continued to use over and over and over again. And that word was love, love. We're going to coach our players and we're going to coach them hard. He said, but we're going to love them more. I don't know this man personally. And I certainly in the past, when he was at OU many years ago, I had my critical moments as most fans do, but I was really struck. I was struck by this ongoing verbiage and insistence that he's relational, not transactional. 
And of course, if you've listened to me for any length of time at all, you know that that resonated with me. I'm very much relational. I'm very anti just transaction. I'll do this for this amount of money. You give me that and we're done. It's just a really, it's not a hard way for me to go. It's an impossible way for me to go. And I'm struck that Brent Venable seems to be a man who's cut from similar cloth. I say all that to say this, that culture is what matters when it comes to hiring people. But now we need to find people. He is a leader in an arena where the talent has just got to exist. If the talent isn't there, you could be a great, terrific person, but you got to have the talent in your world in running an organization, running some kind of association, running some kind of a business running, whether it's a nonprofit or a city or whatever it may be, you've got to hire people who do have the technical proficiencies and who have talent. But you and I both know that's just not the end all be all. The world is filled with some very talented people who you and I both know would be a horrific fit for you. In fact, when Venables was asked about why have you stayed as a defensive coordinator for so long? Why didn't you ever accept a head coaching job? And he said, I was patient. I was patient. I've been offered jobs, he said, but you know, nothing just seemed like a fit, but OU is a fit. Well, good on him that he has recognition of that in himself, but sometimes that can be very difficult for us. It's, it may be easier to see, well, they don't fit, but now how do we find people who do fit? Well, I found that this scenario training, I'm calling them scenario questions because that's really what they are. And training isn't something we clearly do with prospective employees. So my very first foray into this upon learning this with my hockey experience was to bring it back to my career and incorporate it into the hiring process. And I did, and I found it incredibly helpful as I would vet people and understand that they had proficiency. They had the talent now in looking for other things, looking for fit, but I was also looking for decision-making ability. I wanted to learn how do they come at a problem? How do they come at a situation? How do they think about finding a solution? And I just began to develop very real world scenarios. Initially, what I did is I just went back to some of the most difficult decisions that I had faced. I fictionalized them, of course. And I would present those in interviews and I would say, let me give you a situation and I'm not going to necessarily ask for an answer, but let's just have a conversation about it. And I'm interested to know what you're thinking along the way. And that's typically how these conversations would go. Now I will tell you that initially I didn't do it that way. Initially I threw the scenario at them and kind of put them on the spot. I found that that was less helpful than making it more of a dialogue and a conversation. I wanted to be very careful not to lead the conversation, but I wanted to be very careful to be friendly and to keep 
just kind of keep this ball rolling and just see, just kind of look and watch how they were approaching things and how they were discussing this and how they were articulating what they felt. Because for me as a leader, especially if I was looking for somebody to be part of my leadership team, I was looking for people who would have that ability, that ability to sit at the table and articulate. Let me tell you what I'm thinking. And let me tell you why I'm thinking what I'm thinking, as opposed to somebody who would just immediately jump to the answer. Now you roll the way you need to roll. I'm not advising you one way or the other in that regard, be true to yourself and whatever you think is best for me. I knew I did not want people on my leadership team who would immediately jump to the solution before they really properly understood the the problem or the challenge. And so this was my approach. And if you can learn something from that, then, well, that's, that's the goal here. That's what we're here for. Right? So I would have these conversations and it would be very interesting. It would be very interesting how people would approach a particular problem. And for me, it would give me a strong indication, not that they're doing it wrong, but the way they go about it probably isn't going to be best for the situation. For instance, I was running retail organizations. Now the pace was incredibly fast, constantly changing, very high touch. And some people who you could tell were bent toward a need, a craving for more information, more information, more information, probably not going to be ideally suited for uh, my situation at the time. Nothing wrong with it. Just probably not a good fit. Probably needed to be somewhere where maybe the pace wasn't quite so fast, where maybe the, the, the touch wasn't quite so high. You understand. I then began to do this now more of training when it came to management and leadership. Again, we manage the work, we lead the people. Two completely different things, but I found the power of scenario questions applicable in both. When it came to managing the work, that is getting things done and how do we get things done, man, did it pay off. I personally implemented scenario training or scenario questions when it came to instilling in the organization the way I wanted things done. Part of that, I guess, was leadership, but a big part of that was also management of painting situations and scenarios, getting dialogue and feedback, and then explaining to people why the scenario was going to play out the way I wanted it to play out. You know, just last night, the New England Patriots played the Buffalo Bills. I didn't watch very much of that game. It was, um, I just, I was doing other things. But in that game, Bill Belichick, absolutely the greatest of all time in the NFL, as far as a coach goes, they threw three passes in that game. Now, the wind was just howling. Um, There had been... A lot of snow earlier in the afternoon or earlier in the evening. I mean, it was just typical New England kind of conditions. And that scenario was certainly a scenario that I would suspect Bill Belichick and his coaching staff played out before the game ever happened. 
And this really is the point that I want to leave you with today. The scenario that you faced in the past, the scenarios that you haven't faced, but you could to prethink these things and to go ahead and play them out in advance in your preparation. We certainly saw that. We saw that on Monday night football last night because new England here, they are with a rookie quarterback and the opposing team knows exactly what they're going to do. Cause they're just, they're running, they're running, they're running, they're running, they're running, they're running, and they still couldn't stop it. You know, that Bill Belichick and his staff, you know, that they, they basically preordained what they were going to do. Why? Well, because the situation, the weather conditions were so horrific. Belichick knew the situation. And he played that situation to his advantage. He coached that situation to his advantage. We have to do the same thing. I had a client the other day and we were discussing some things and the client said, everything's going really, really, really well. And I said, well, let's, uh, let's play a game. Shall we? And he said, sure. I said, okay, your right hand person. And I named who his right hand man was. Cause I happen to know. And I said, he comes into you today and he hands you a letter of resignation at the end of the year, he's out. And he said, Oh, don't do that to me. And I said, well, I'm not doing it to you, but what would you do? What would you do? Sometimes those are the situations and sometimes you don't have to go that big, but you could, we can easily sit back and be complacent and we can think everything is great and everything is wonderful, or we can be the sky is falling. The sky is falling, right? I mean, it can go from one extreme to the other, but there are so many scenarios that are very real or could be very real. And the more we can prethink those, the better. Now it doesn't mean that that's going to be the decision that you'll make if, and when that time comes, but it may be the decision that you want to make. Those of us who have parented kids know that we don't wait until our children get into some kind of a fix before we coach them up, right? We want to coach them up before they get into a fix. We want to help them avoid getting in a fix. And so we help them pre-think what they might do. And we talk about situations and we talk about friendships and we talk about decisions and we talk about choices before they make those choices. And that's exactly what we have to do with our organizations. It's what we have to do with our own lives and our own careers. It's the power of scenario questions, but you know what the more appropriate title of today's show would have been the power of scenario answers. I'm going to give you the power of a scenario question and answer. What would you do if there's no more high impact influence podcast episodes in 2021? (laughs) Well, it's a real scenario because guess what? Happy new year. This is the last episode for 2021. That's right. 
I'm going to bail out of here. Take the rest of the month off from podcasting. Still doing some work. I don't know what your plans are for the holidays. Mine are started to say mine are pretty lame. They're really not lame at all, but they're very, very low key. Very simple. Cause that's the way I roll. I hope everything is good with you. I hope everything is well with you. Hope you and your family have a happy and a safe holiday. High impact influence. The Lord willing, we will return 2022 hard to believe the year's over isn't it i hope it's been a good year for you and if it hasn't well hold out hope and let's do everything in our power to make sure next year is as good as it can possibly be be well do good grow great the website is growgreat.com my name is randy Cantrell. greetings and welcome and happy holidays from inside the yellow studio